Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Movement, breath, energy, and life. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. How do you tap into your emotional body and learn to find strength while letting go? On this inspiring and informative episode, we hear from movement expert Dr. Jen Esquerre. Jen and I first met at the Santa Monica Green, where I was enamored by her ability to find balance on one hand. She then humbly taught me the movement, and ever since we have been great friends. You may be familiar with Jen from her incredible online presence as Doc Jen Fit where she helps hundreds of thousands worldwide find mobility in their bodies and mind. Listen as Jen takes us on a journey of radical self-acceptance to tap into the true potential of your body today. You're really taking on everyone's energy. When someone's in pain, it's emotional. It's coming from the brain, and it's something that we got to dive in deeper than just, where's your pain? What can I do for you? Drop into the freedom of movement from your heart. Find courage on your path of self-acceptance. All you have to do is start on this insightful episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with Jenna Scare. Namaste, Yoga Revealers. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast, and I'm absolutely excited to be sitting across from the amazing Jenna Scare, who's an absolutely knowledgeable doctor, a super amazing human being, and a beautiful yogi as well. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you having me here. Definitely. It's my honor. Um, I wanted to start with how you first got into movement. (laughs) I would say it's been ingrained in me. Mm. Really. Um, Growing up, I had to be in a sport. That's kind of the rule that my parents made, which I so appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think being in sports early on in life just teaches you a lot of life lessons in general. Mm -hmm. And so got into gymnastics really early. I tried dance. 
Um, the girls were kind of mean, so I wasn't <laughs> feeling it. I was so shy as a kid too. Still am, but like was way shyer there. So I was like, nah, not my not my gig. Yeah. <laughs> Tried softball, loved it, sucked. Tried soccer, but I was like five and would like cry on the sidelines because I didn't want to play with the boys. <laughs> so gymnastics, that's what I settled on and became my love and it was everything. Um, and then once I quote unquote retired, that's what I call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> once I decided to make that decision, um, I still loved movement. And the great thing that I loved is that I saw my parents do it. My parents went on walks all the time. Um, my mom, I mean, I remember riding my bike next to her as she would go on like daily runs. She was like amazing, you know, just always moving, always doing something. And she snuck me into the gym with her one time. I think I was still in gymnastics. I was like finishing up and she took me to a Pilates class and I like instantly fell in love because I was like, oh my gosh, these movements are like so body controlled. And it was everything that reminded me of gymnastics conditioning, Mm -hmm. using your own body weight, using a lot of core control. And I loved it, instantly fell in love. And from there, I, you know, went on to teach gymnastics and then I started instructing for Pilates and then it was just like I needed to still be involved with movement and I wanted to help others with movement so physical therapy was just like my path (laughs) and for the listeners who may not be familiar with you um, on Instagram you go by Doc Jinfit so tell me about how your movement came from your own self exploration of your body and how you move through space to helping others move through space? Um, I think it's really special that I have been a mover and can understand my own body and start to really explore that and say, well, why does this feel better than this? And why does my body adjust like this when I move like into a bridge or something or if I or will, sorry. (laughs) You know, if I do certain things, why does my body compensate? Why do these things happen? And as I've been able to explore movement, it's so much easier to kind of see it on another person. Mm -hmm. Because not only am I telling you what to do, but I've felt it. Mm -hmm. I have experienced it. I've been through it and I'm continuing to explore my own body. I'm continuing to learn from other people and and take in any information I can about the body. I think that's how you truly start to help people is when you take in information from all around you. Yeah, I would say that honestly from a lot of the yogis that I work with as well as the movement workers and the body workers and the calisthenics people, just going to have a session with you really opened my eyes to different ways of moving. And I'm oftentimes like one of those people who really takes the time to discover new ways of movement and it was so exciting to be able to come to you and just for you to take me through a few movements that I hadn't done before was really like eye-opening because <laughs> I, I I would say that I explore movement a lot yeah and, definitely. Um, how would you say that your sense of of your own movement has helped you in helping others really find their range of motion um I think I've, by using like myself and my own, like I have a lot of restrictions within my own body. I have a lot of, you know, 
malalignment problems, you can say, and my own issues. Like I have thoracic outlet syndrome I've been dealing with for years and I've just like kind of pushed off. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm like your typical mover who's like, no, I'm just going to keep moving through it. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't need to, but Which yet I'm so telling, oh my God, everyone. But yet I'm, te- I'm here telling people, well, no, you need to do this every morning. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, like it's, I, I'm on, I've, <laughs> called this thing um a treat yourself journey is what i'm on right now and Mm -hmm. i'm i am taking the time to daily work on myself which has been an exploration in itself and i'm taking exercises i'm learning from other people that are kind of maybe in my field or or not Mm -hmm. and they're kind of giving me their assessment of their exercises that they would do for me. And I'm kind of exploring that way, which I think is amazing. So I use what I do for other people is just in terms of what I've been learning and what I explore in myself, which is I always think of mobility first because it's just like when we move as a child. You know, you don't you don't get up and walk or you don't get up and crawl until you can touch your feet to your mouth. And you don't, you know, you have to be able to move into these positions passively before you can do it actively. And I think a lot of times we forget that and we just want to jump to the what looks cool yeah. and what what, you know, what looks heavy and awesome and I can lift all this. But can you even passively get your arms over your head you know i see this problem all the time or even for handstands can you bend your wrists back all the way can they support you and before you start diving into these things you know so i think it's so important to take people back to the basics that they forget a lot of times before you start to progress wow and that's so eloquently said because i feel that a lot of people just bypass the steps they look at the position and they want to jump right to the big cool looks pretty it's going to get me lots of likes yeah. <laughs> you know it's like take the fundamentals yes. and go from there yes and i feel that so much now today it's important for us to really help bring people back to those baby steps because those baby steps are what help us to grow a sustainable practice mm-hmm Um, With you in your practice, what would you say have been like a few of the movements that you could recommend to our listeners as yogis as some of the best, say, practices? Maybe it's like a simple squat or, Mm -hmm. you know, give us a few tips that you feel that would be beneficial for people who are practicing on a daily basis. Yeah. I think one thing that yogis do beautifully is breathe. Hmm. Really, truly. Because almost everyone that I get in my on my table, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, the first thing that I do with them is breathing because off so often the body is in this chronic pain or it's in this movement pattern because, or it's in even an anterior pelvic tilt, which is a lot of things that people try to get out of where your bottom is sticking out one way, your rib cage is sticking out another. It's because your diaphragm doesn't know how to work properly mm-hmm. and it hasn't been working properly. And it's funny because I take people back to, you know, they talk about a baby squatting, right? Oh, we need to go back to the baby steps. But what about a baby breathing? Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about that? How its stomach just expands and relaxes and it's a beautiful thing. And yet we get into, I think oftentimes too, it's in this mindset of, well, my I don't want my belly to stick out. So I'm going to start standing up tall. I'm going to pull my shoulder blades down and back like I'm supposed to. And I'm going to start breathing all from my chest. 
and then you get breakdown. Your body's in constant, your sympathetic nervous system is just constantly turned on and so you're in this fight and flight, you know, panic mode all the time and you have extra tone and stress and everything going through the muscles. Of course, you're going to have pain. Of course, you're not going to move well. Of course, your body's going to be stuck in this anterior pelvic tilt. So one of the first things that I always tell people is breathe. And if you don't know how, lay down, put one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest, and feel which one moves first. If your hand on your chest moves first, we got we got some problems. <laughs> we got some things we got to work on. So that's always like the fundamental thing that I go back to. Obviously, laying on your back and breathing is not functional, so being able to sit up and do that is really important as well, and making sure that you can expand from your lower rib cage, from your low back. I mean, the whole thing works as one, and that really helps. Once you can get breathing down, you can start to work your pelvic floor the way it's supposed to. You start to work your core the way it's supposed to. You start to work your glutes. Like Everything starts to fall back into place once you get breathing down. Mm, that's... That's a perfect step. <laughs> Seriously, because the practice of yoga is the practice of breath. finding the breath. Oh my God. And moving it to the space in your body that needs it most. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. Yolking the breath with the movement. Right. Um, and you don't own movement until you can breathe in that movement. Mm, so wisely said. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people might strain to touch their toes, right? But they're like turning red. Ah. You're not really holding it. You don't really own it, right? Mm -hmm. You're not comfortable. Your body doesn't feel safe. Yeah. Wow. So for someone who, you know, does deep hollow backs and (laughs) incredible splits and all types of amazing movements, what would you say has been your number one challenge on your path of helping people from a place of compassion and like humbleness? Because... I would say, like, you know, if I look at your practice, I would say immediately, like, this person's going to help me do, like, a handstand, you know? What do you (laughs) say to those people who are like, I really want to do this? Yeah. I say, well, let's see where you're at. Let's see what your body's doing. Don't compare yourself to me or to anyone else. Like, that's not what it's about. Celebrate you. Let's see where you're at. And let's see where we can go from there. Maybe it is a handstand. Maybe it's something else. And that's totally fine. But I try to get people to celebrate them and to appreciate themselves and their body. I don't allow any negative self-talk on my table. (laughs) I don't, you know, it's like, I I don't even allow women who like come in and they want to lose a certain amount of weight or they want to lose it in a certain area, you know, well, well, let's just focus on where your restrictions are and see how we can progress from there. Mm -hmm. I feel very strongly that when people understand where their restrictions are and then how to break through them, all those restrictions and blockages are just little mind hurdles. So once they get over that blockage, say it's in their squat or say it's in, you know, being able to reach their hands up over the head, like those little things are huge contributors to how the body moves and how it functions and also could be a huge reason as to why they can't get off that 10 pounds. Definitely. It's all like dedication in a sense, you Mm -hmm. know? So what have you seen in your office as like some of the main problems that people come into you with? Um, A lot of people come in, I mean, it's all various things. I see a lot of shoulder pain. Um, I see a lot of low back issues. And actually I've been seeing quite a bit of women who have um, upper trap pain. And 
what I think is so fascinating, it's again coming back to the breath, but what I think is so fascinating in just the, I really have only been on my own for like three months now. I was in a clinic before that. Mm -hmm. And so, but now is where I really feel like I've gotten able to get people who aren't just like gonna use their insurance and don't really care going in for ultrasound or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. You know, these are people who actually like are really in pain and need something more. They're not getting enough at the clinic or they're really taking the time to devote to moving better and feeling better in their bodies, and which I think is amazing. And I'm so grateful to be able to be that person for them. And what I see a lot is that women literally can't let go. Mm. Like if I'm, they're laying on my table and I'm just trying to move their arm through passive range of motion, which is they're not doing anything, right? Yeah. I'm just holding their arm and trying to move them. Releasing. And they can't. They're like, wait, I'm not, I'm not relaxed? And I'm like, no. Yeah, there's still muscle engagement. Yes, yes. And you can feel it. And the funny thing is most men, even though they start like that, they can, they're able to let go at a certain point. And I feel like women have, what I've noticed in the short time, again, it hasn't been long enough to like really mm-hmm. evaluate fully, but I feel like it's been enough time where it's like, it takes a long time and that's mainly our main practice is just being able to let go. What do you think is the main contribution to that? I think a lot of it is holding on to emotional stress, not only within yourself, but within everyone around you. And, you know, it's energy. It's taking on other energies. And that's what I've learned, too, with working with one-on-one with people for longer periods of time than being in a clinic that just kind of wants to turn people over is you're really taking on everyone's energy. When someone's in pain, it's emotional. It's coming from the brain, and it's something that we got to dive in deeper than just, where's your pain? What can I do for you? You know, it's it's really diving in fully, and it's taking on a lot of energies. And what I've found is like, it's hard to then, okay, I'm going to treat six to eight patients today and then go home and try to plan this online program that I want to do and answer my emails and post my video and edit it. And, you know, it's like I started feeling like so overwhelmed and realized, okay, I'm taking on, it's because I'm taking on a lot of energies and I just don't have as much at my own energy then to go home and like conquer all these things I need to conquer. So I realized I need to back off on some clients <laughs> and and not take on as many, even though I want to help everyone, right? But it's it's a lot. And I think a lot of women feel the need sometimes to have to take on so much, like oh, we're powerful, we could do this and and don't really take the time to just chill. And like, it's okay. Don't take on his energy today. Don't. Don't worry about, you know, your partner and what they're going through. Like, love them, but you don't have to take it on. Totally. And I think a lot of people take too much on, and then it just builds up within themselves, and all of a sudden they're in chronic pain all the time. Yeah, because I would say one thing that really resonates with me there is that pain comes from overwhelm. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes from being in a position where your body is not able to associate that efficiency that you're trying to make with actually not doing that action. Yeah. So it's like overexerting itself. Right. And I feel that a lot of pain does come from emotional imbalance. Yeah. 
really taking on too much is part of that. Right. Very much so. Um, one thing that I've really realized in doing um, therapeutics, I do acro yoga therapeutic sessions with people. Which are amazing. Aw, thank you. <laughs> um, is that, yes, not a lot of people are able to let go. Mm-hmm. And my goal as a conduit of energy is to be able to provide the space for people to let go. Yes. Because that is the key. And really so allowing much. their bodies to fully relax, that's when the muscles can open up and then the bones can sit back into their structure. Agreed. Totally. I mean, and I almost love when someone just cries on my table. Because mm. I'm like, yes, let it go. Oh, exactly. And I'm so honored that I can create that space mm-hmm. where you could just feel free to do that. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So with that being said, I mean, you work on the physical realm very much so. But how many of your clients would you say that come to you? for physical work actually need emotional help as well? I mean, almost everyone, <laughs> which is not what they teach you in PT school. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's been a practice within myself, I would say, in order to do my best to at least provide space, at least provide a listening ear. I'm not saying that I'm working with them all on a mental practice as a psychologist, because mm-hmm. obviously I don't have the study or the background, but I'm what I do provide is, like you were saying, space. So with that being said, um, what do you see as your future in working with people in physical therapy? Do you foresee yourself um, maybe building a specific type of program that involves maybe some emotional help as well? Um, I think that could definitely come down the road. I think I still have a learning experience to do within myself before I feel confident enough to like go out and share that. Like I'm barely at a point where I'm like, yeah, okay, I can create a mobility program now. (laughs) (laughs) All physical, you know. Um, I would love to be able to be that light for people to be able to provide some emotional support and some emotional help. I'm always going to be growing that with that. You know, I'm never going to come to a point where I'm like, Amazing. I have all the emotional intelligence. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one is. You know, we're all learning and we're all growing. We all go, we're all human still. You're going to have experiences where you're still getting in, you know, the deep end of pity or jealousy or whatever it may be, but it's okay. And I, and that's what I tell people too. Like, it's okay. One of my favorite books actually was uh, Radical Acceptance. Mm. I heard Do you know one. that one? Yes. Um, I think it's amazing because it allows you to say, hey, it's okay. You had this emotion now. Let's sit with it. Let's analyze it for a second, you know? Um, and I, I tell people that too, because I do have some women as well who come and they're like, well, I have to be perfect at this. And you can already see in their voice, like, this is why you're turned on so much. This yeah. is why you can't let go because everything has to be perfect. That's, I mean, that's totally a good point. When it comes to radical acceptance, how do you embody radical acceptance on a daily basis? Um, I do my best to be aware of my emotions. So if I am feeling a negative way toward myself or in a negative space toward someone else, I... I try not to react upon that. 
I try to say, okay, why? And where is this coming from? And how could I better support myself before I, you know, talk to someone else or I do something? Or sometimes it is just about like saying it out loud and then being like, oh, okay, it's gone. Never mind. I'm good. <laughs> and that's okay too. So it's really, and it's really about just acceptance a lot. Just saying it's okay. Like I'm human. I feel this. Okay. Let me let it out. Oh, cool. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Observing your feelings yeah. and actually utilizing your breath to move into those feelings, observing where you are in space, and then allowing yourself to let it go, like you yeah. said earlier. Yeah. Hmm. And I think we beat ourselves up a lot of the time, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't think this way, and I shouldn't be this way. And then and then that just leads down to a whole new negative path now of what you shouldn't be doing. And, you know, I think that leads down a path that's not good. And I think that's a lot why I was so shy growing up, too, is because I was so afraid of what anyone else would think. Well, if I say this, but what would they think? And would they be offended? And would I hurt that person? Instead of just living in whatever it was that I felt and that I wanted to say and that I wanted to be. And I couldn't just be that person. Mm. And I've learned that doesn't help myself. That doesn't help anyone else around, you know. And... And it doesn't embody acceptance. Totally. So for the listeners who are listening, um, who perhaps have a challenge in accepting themselves, is there perhaps some exercises that you could give them to help them better accept themselves and feel more at home in their bodies? Mm. You know, one thing I actually did for myself that helped was I did I gave myself a month's challenge and every day I had to literally write down two to three things that I loved about myself. Couldn't just say them, but I had to write it out, even if it was like in notes on my phone. And it really helped to turn around negative self-talk. And I realized that when I was around my mom, I would hear her say like, oh my God, my hair looks so bad. Oh, I feel fat. Oh, and this. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm you. Mm. <laughs> and it took someone else pointing it out within me that I could see it in someone else then. And I said, that's not okay. And she was actually very open to the fact that, oh, I am negative self-talking myself and maybe I have passed that on to you. And how can we support each other? And I think that was a beautiful thing because then my mom and I would catch each other. Oh, no, you're not allowed to say that. Ah, now reverse it. Accountability buddies. Yes. And I started doing it with all my girlfriends. I'm like, no, you're not allowed to say that, you know, because then they catch me too. And it, it creates a beautiful circle then of everyone holding each other accountable and mm-hmm. spreading self-love. Yeah. Support is key. Oh, so much. So much so. That's beautiful. I like that idea of like really writing down two to three things about yourself that you love. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. For the yoga listeners who are listening, um, what would you give them as a tip to expand their range of motion and expand their range of movement? Mm. Um, really, when we get down to like a cellular level with things, um, and it, it, expands across any kind of tissue, any kind of soft tissue, which is muscle tissue, um, any connective tissue, so ligaments and and tendons. Those can even be elongated over time, but it takes time. And sometimes you don't want to make things too loose. So you have to kind of play with this balance of everything. 
But to really get into down to like a true cellular level, you should be holding things for at least two minutes. And then if you want to actually make that new passive range strong and have and be able to have stability through that flexibility, which I think is true mobility, right? Because mobility shouldn't just be how far you can go into a split, but then how can you stand up and how much can you lift your leg? Mm-hmm. How much does that transfer over to active flexibility, mobility? So in order to actively sit into that range, then after you do it for two minutes, um, you push down into that range. So you're like almost compressing. It's an isometric hold because you're not moving anywhere. And then you pull away from it. So try to gain more range. And then you really start to build that tissue tension around it within those cells. And everything... Um, I think a good way to think about it is within our cells, we have these structures um, called tensegrity. And it creates like, like if you think of a bunch of people in a circle all holding hands, whatever you do to one side, it's going to eventually have a pull around the circle, right? So if someone grabs someone's hand and gives a big yank, it's eventually going to come back and yank them on, the, on their other arm, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone's arm is going to then get pulled. So it's the same thing within our cells. They, they're able to deform and they're able to shift and they move. But if you move one side of the cell, it moves another side. And so that's why when we get into these deeper positions, we're able to change the cells and really kind of deform them in a way that helps to change their shape and change their um, their way that they're responding to movement. Mm-hmm. And that's also, that then plays a role into fascia and how everything is connected to through the body, through that top layer that lies over the muscle tissue. And why if something is really restricted down toward your foot, but fascially it connects all the way up to your shoulder, well, could my foot be causing my shoulder problems? Mm-hmm. And that's also why it's like PT school is great, but it really teaches you how to look at one problem instead of looking at how everything connects. In a holistic realm. Yeah. And I think that's what I've kind of dove into a lot more as I've gotten out of PT school, um, how you know everything is connected, not only neurologically, but fascially and Muscles are beautiful and they're muscles, but they never work in just one muscle group. You're not just, you know, bending your elbow and flexing your bicep, but neurologically that a lot just happened when I thought to bend my elbow. And then I have other muscles along my bicep that were actually working and even into my forearm. So everything works in conjunction. And so that's why sometimes people are like, oh, my, my piriformis isn't working. <laughs> or, you know, my one muscle in my pelvic floor isn't firing. And I'm like, that just sounds ridiculous. This one little sliver of a muscle is not going to ruin you, and it's not going to be the only thing that's holding you back. There's something else going on. Hmm. That's, that's a really good way of looking at things, because holistically, like, our whole bodies work together. Yes. Like, we are a set of cells that are all working together in conjunction to be able to fire and make the action of which our mind conceives. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, finding the holistic practice that works best for you is key for allowing your body to move in 
a fully functionally way. A oh. fully functional way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally agreed. And that's why it's like, you know, someone's working with me. I'm not just asking mentally how they're doing and what's going on in their life, but also what are you consuming, right? What are you eating? What are you putting in your body? Because uh, from an inflammation standpoint, that plays a huge role. That's a whole nother conversation. I know, but I mean, just like you're saying, you know, it all plays a role. It all comes together and it's, you have to look, you can't just look at the body as one one thing. And that's also why I say like, hey, if you go to this acupuncturist and they work for you better than I did, by all means, whatever works for you. I don't care if you go to a Cairo and they like work wonders for you. Amazing. I probably want to learn that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't get offended if someone works better with someone else. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Do what works for you. That's the truth. That is the truth. And with that being said, I know that you're going to go to Bryony Smith's uh, teacher training to ah. teach therapy on, and like the the muscle groups and the full anatomy for the yoga yoga teacher training. Are you super excited for that? I'm super stoked. I'm a little nervous, mm-hmm. <laughs> only because. As much as I love yoga, I don't call myself a yogi. I don't teach it, right? So I think I have a lot that I can learn from the students as well, which will be amazing. Um, but I'm excited to hopefully bring a fresh and kind of different viewpoint on it as well and mm-hmm. looking at how things are connected and really diving into the body on that level. Awesome. And will you be practicing yoga there? Oh, I hope so. I better be, right? <laughs> What more of a beautiful location? I'm just saying, you're going to be in Thailand with Bryony, who's an incredible teacher. Oh, yes. So you better be doing lots of yoga. And maybe a couple hit workouts. But yes, in yoga. (laughs) Definitely. Well, I like to leave the Yoga Revealed podcast listeners with a golden nugget of wisdom. And I feel that you have dropped so many on us thus far, but we want one specific one that can help our Yoga Revealers on their path and purpose of yoga. I'm going to say, please take five minutes to breathe and come back to you and your body every day. Awesome. That's a great one. That's (laughs) a seriously great one. And our Yoga Revealed listeners are absolutely better for it. And they appreciate your wisdom today. Thank you so much for your time, Jen. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, indeed. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into the Yoga Revealed podcast. You can learn more about Doc Jenfit and her upcoming trainings and events by checking out her Instagram, Doc Jenfit. Yoga Revealers, we truly appreciate your support. Share this episode with a friend and leave us a five-star review if you truly appreciate the work that we do. Every five-star rating helps us bring this podcast to more yogis just like you so we can inspire the world and continue to connect this community. Also, make sure to check out my website, andrewsevenseely.com, for updates on upcoming retreats like the Bali one happening in October and special events that I'll be attending that you should totally come to as well. Until next time, yogis, live light, shine bright. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.